Hi there, and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Thank you, Steve. Good afternoon, everyone. And um, yeah, thank you to the worship team. Thank you for... Um, leading us so beautifully in, in worship. Um, it's just really, really good to come into God's house and just to be able to sit in the presence of God and just worship him because he is worthy. If you're new with us this afternoon, um, an extra um, welcome to you. Really glad to have you come along and join us um, this afternoon at our chapel service. So as Steve mentioned, um, I do work at Tenacious House, which is a men's rehabilitation center. I've had the privilege of working there for um, seven years, and this afternoon I have the privilege to share with you what God has placed on, on my heart. So um, it was Valentine's Day on Monday. That seems like a long time ago. I hope nobody missed that. I hope that's not a shock to any of the, the husbands in the room, but it was Valentine's Day on, um, on Monday. And... You know, someone asked me once, um, when you're married, because I'm married, I'm married to um, Leslie, we've been married for five years, and they said, how long do you keep on celebrating Valentine's Day when you're married? And um, I said, well, as long as you want to stay married, I suppose. So <laughs> I hope that you had a, a great Valentine's Day if you are um, romantically involved, um, if you're married, and just some fun historical facts about Valentine's Day that you may or may not know. It originated in Rome, originally as a a pagan fertility festival. Did you know that, Pastor Murray? Yeah, a, a pagan fertility festival, and the, Ro the Romans celebrated it by sacrificing animals. And then they whipped the women with the animal carcasses. So if you got a cheap bunch of flowers and a cheap Kmart card, girls don't be complaining too much because it, it could be worse. And so Valentine himself was a martyr. He was put to death in the third century um, for illegally um, marrying couples when the, um, the emperor had decreed that there could be no marriages. So allegedly he was executed um, on the 14th of February. And then finally on the 15th century, that's whenever people started writing letters and cards to their romantic interests. So of course I can't vouch for any of that because I just got that from Google. So it's no, you can't depend on what you get from Google. It really depends on what the algorithm is. So um, yeah, be careful what you search for on Google. But I can vouch for the word of God. And I'm here this morning to speak to you the word of God and he is, he is true and he is here to speak to you this morning, so, or sorry, this afternoon. So um, yeah, let's just pray and I'll get started. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are with us this afternoon. Father, we just pray that every heart would be opened, Father, and Holy Spirit, that you would just speak um, into each heart, Father. You know what each person here needs and Lord, um, let my words just reflect what your heart is towards them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So in a week that started with matters of the heart, I would like to speak to you this afternoon about why the heart matters, why the heart matters. So in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for from it everything flows. So what is the heart when you read about the heart in the Bible? Well, it's not speaking about the organ inside you that pumps um, your blood around. And we know that from God's word, because in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 3, it says, now may, God of, uh, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we know from God's word that we are made up of three parts. We're made up of a spirit, a soul and a body. And 
Well, our bodies are earth suit. That's this bit that we all see. And our spirit is the bit that gets perfected when we become followers of Christ. When we become born again, it's our spirit that is born again. Um, Nicodemus, he had this um, question for Jesus. And he's like, how can a man be born again? Does he enter back into his mother's womb and then come back out? And Jesus said, no, he must be born again of water and of spirit. Our soul is our emotions. It's our mind, it's our personality, and that's the part that um, the Bible speaks about as being our heart. And we know that the spirit and the soul or the heart are separate. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and behold, the new has come. So which part of, part of you became new when you became a Christian? Um, well, it's not speaking about our body, because that looks the same after you get saved. And it's not speaking about our mind or our intellect because some of us weren't that particularly clever before we got saved and the day after we got saved we still had the capacity to do really stupid things. So it's not talking about our intellect. Um, it was our spirit man. It was our spirit that got born again. It was our spirit man that became new. In Hebrews 10 and verse 14 it says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. It is our spirit that has been perfected. I'll come back to the sanctification part later. But it's our spirit that is perfected. And it's our soul, our heart, and our body that are playing catch up. Our heart, our emotions, our will, our mind is not perfect. And this is the battleground that we all live in. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says again, Above all things, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In Jeremiah 17, verses 9 to 10, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. The heart matters because that's where the issues of our life come from. And it's where God searches to see what our intentions are and what our motivations are for the actions that we take. It must be guarded because it's valuable. Our heart is something of value. But it's also where our thoughts and our emotions develop. I had this one actually this evening. It was quite ironic that it came up. But have you ever been angry with someone? They've, they've, they've offended you in some way, but they're not actually there. And you're on your way to meet them. And you start having these conversations in your head. And you start having the arguments in your head. And you're ready for a fight by the time you get there. That might just be me, but I'm, I don't think it is. You're ready for a fight by the time you get there. That's why the heart is so important and why we must um, protect it against taking on offense or perceived offense and letting things fester. Because when those things fester, it's from our heart that our actions flow. And if our heart's corrupted and we don't guard it, then our actions become sinful. Um, resentment and frustration, they're two examples of this. Um, if, you, if you get frustrated or if you carry and resent, you usually take it out on the person who doesn't deserve it. You usually take it out on those people who actually have had nothing to do with it. And You know, my wife comes home from work and she takes it out on me and I haven't been there all day. It's nothing to do with me. Um, and if I don't get it, the dog gets it. That's not, that's not exactly me. My wife's lovely. She would never do that. She's a um, very, very sweet spirit. But... Yeah, the heart is, is, is deceitful and we must, we must guard it. King Solomon wrote, guard your heart because your heart is under attack. Your mind is under attack. 
emotions, our emotions are under attack and the enemy uses fear. He uses fear um, to get us frustrated and to get us worried. And, you know, we're all living in that at the moment, the fear of COVID and the fear of restrictions. Last week, it was the fear of war with Russia. You know, we worry about these things and we stress about these things. You know, Matthew 24 and, and verse 6, and Jesus speaking, and he said, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you are not alarmed. See that you are not afraid, for these things must take place, but the end is not yet. Jesus said we needed to, t- needed to take action to not be fearful. We must guard our hearts from the corruption of the world. What are the things that get our attention? What are the things that get my attention? Is it the TV? Is it the media? Is it social media? The world is completely and utterly immoral and corrupt and unhealthy. And the more we, the more we allow into ourselves, the bigger danger we put ourselves in. They're either promoting fear or they're promoting sexual immorality. And we have to guard ourselves from that. We have to guard our heart, our heart because that's where we fall into sin. The thought or idea is planted into our mind comes from the content that we watch and it grows into the actions then that lead us astray. We have to consider what we allow into ourselves, into our hearts and into our minds. Does it help or does it hinder our walk with God? The condition of our heart affects our walk with God. And Mark 11 and verse 23, it says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. And James 1, verse 5 to 7, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, for he gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the one that doubts or is like a wave of the, is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. The heart can be a source of doubt against God. In James 4 and verse 8, it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The heart can be double-minded towards God. One day we're with him, one day we're not. And Luke 24 and verse 5, it says, And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. The heart can be slow to believe in God and the promises that he has for you and the things that he has for you. In Proverbs 23 and verse 7, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The heart can determine how we act and the person that we become. Now the religious amongst us, and you know, I can pop on that old religious hat too, um, we can say, well, I'm a believer. You know, I'm good with God now. I even tithe. Um, I have it all together because, you know, for me, I give my heart to Jesus on the 13th of March, 2012. So next month is 10 years I've been um, walking with God. But I don't have it all together. You don't have it all together because the Bible says in 1 John um, 1 verse 8, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know, and um John was writing to the churches. He was writing to believers and he was pulling their attention to this. The heart matters because it allows us to fall short of God's standard. And we all fall short of God's standard. And we all fall short not just because of the things that we do and the sins that we do, but because of the sins we commit 
through omission, the things that we don't do. In James 4, verse 17, it says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. How are you going with that compassion, child, that you thought you were going to sponsor last year at Compassion Weekend? Or how are you going with that person that you owe an apology to? You know, we know these things in our heart, what the right thing is to do. Um, God's been prompting us. But if we don't respond, that to, that to us is sin. Michael Hyatt is a, a Christian author, and he said, if your heart is unhealthy, it threatens everything else, your family, your friends, your career, everything. But then we have this dichotomy where God calls us to serve him with our whole heart. In Luke 10, verse 27, it says, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. How can we possibly represent God well when we have this corrupted mind and heart battling within us? And this is not something that's new. Paul had this same dilemma too. In Romans 7, verse, verse 19, he said, For I do... I do not do the good I want to, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And then in verse 24, he goes on to say, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, the answer is, we already have the answer inside us. In Romans 8 and verse 11, it says, For the spirit of man, or sorry, for the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who, re who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bones through his spirit who dwells in you. The key to the Christian life is acknowledging that you and I have received a new spirit at the point of salvation, the new birth, and then allowing the power and the knowledge of God contained within our new spirit to overflow into our heart, into our soul, into our mind, then into our body. If you've accepted Jesus, you have access to an incredible power and potential within. The power of the Spirit can enable you and I to change. And how do we know our heart is being changed by the Spirit? Well, in Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is where the Spirit of God wants to lead our hearts and our minds towards. If we have feelings and emotions which are not coming from a place of love or joy or peace or patience or kindness or goodness or faithfulness or gentleness or self-control, then in that moment we know that we are not being led by the Spirit of God. God has placed within us this incredible Spirit to help and lead us to be perfect as he is. If we go back to Hebrews 10 and verse 14, it says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. It's, it's a strange thing to get your head around, but we were changed when we became followers of Christ, but we are being changed. We are perfect in our spirits, but we are being made perfect through allowing God's spirit to change our hearts and our minds. The spirit wants to lead our heart to this new place of being, to be in alignment with, with God's will for our lives, how we think and how we act and how we speak to others. It is when we allow God's spirit to change us that we will see the power of God flow through us 
and that we can be a positive change in the world. So how do we change? We do this by allowing God to renew our minds. Romans 12 verses 1 to 2, it says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and by testing, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to remove ourselves from the way, of the, the, way the world thinks and acts and allow God to renew our thinking. So how do we renew our minds? Well, in John 17, verse 17, it says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That word sanctifies in there again, sanctification. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Get stuck into the word of God. Be in church consistently. Be listening to good teaching. Maybe you need to go to night college. You need to be at the events that church is putting on and be around the people of God and the things of God and the house of God. You start doing that, be consistent in that, and you will find that your emotions and your heart will start to change and they will start to line up with what God has for you. Your emotions will start to line up with what God says is true. And, you know, as I finish and as the band, you know, if, if you want, you guys want to come back up again, please. In Romans 8 and verse 16, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This is one of the most incredible realizations you can have to know that we are children of God. To know that we are loved by our Heavenly Father the creator of all things. And that happens when we allow our mind and our emotions, when we allow our heart to come into agreement with what God's spirit is trying to say to us. And maybe you're here this afternoon and you know you haven't been made right with God and you know that you need to and maybe the Holy Spirit has been, has been prompting you while I've been speaking and within yourself you're not at peace. It takes, it takes humility to come to God. It takes humility to say, you know, I haven't got it all together. And, you know, I do need some help. And that's how you, that's how you come to God when the Holy Spirit's prompting you and you're being honest with yourself and you know you need to make a change and be open to that change. And maybe you've been walking with God at some point in your life, but if you're honest, the cares of the world have, have taken you away from what God wants for your life. And it can happen. There's no condemnation in that. You know, God's here and he wants to do business with you this afternoon. Um, if you want to just if you want to just stand with me, um, I'm just going to pray with you really quickly. But before I do that, if you know that's you and, you know, I'm going to invite you to just respond. And that's all it is. It's just a response. And then God will do the rest. God will do the rest. So. If everyone um, would just like to, to close their eyes and just give everybody just a, a, a moment with God. And if the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit's just prompting you now, if that's you, I'm just going to simply count to three. If you know you need to respond to God for the first time, or if you know you've been away from God and you just want to make a declaration now, God, I am going to, I'm going to allow you back in and I'm going to start to follow after you. If that's, if that's you this afternoon, on the count of three, just, just quickly just slip up your hand and I'll include you in a prayer.
connect you with your creator. Just quickly, one, two, if that's you, just slip your hand up. Three, is there anyone here this afternoon? That's great. Okay, super. I'll just, um, I'll just pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are here amongst us, Father. And we just thank you, Lord, that your heart towards us is love, Father. We just thank you that you want the best for us, Father. We just thank you that you just care for us, Father. And, and my prayer really is this evening, Father, that we will be honest with ourselves and just really connect into your word, which will reveal all truth to us, Father. And just just have our spirit, our new spirit come alive within us, Father, and that our hearts and emotions would not be ruled by the things that we observe in the world or to watch on the television, Father, but we would know the truth that is in your word, Father, and that that would be our guiding principle, Father, and that when our spirit becomes alive, Father, that we would just follow after everything you have for us and that we would see everyone around us the way that you do, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.